Welcome to the Therapeutic Goods Administration's podcast series, SME Assist, Navigating Therapeutic Goods Regulation. We appreciate that the regulation of therapeutic goods can be challenging to understand. Throughout this series, we aim to help small to medium enterprises, researchers, startups, and anyone new or unfamiliar with regulation to understand their obligations when it comes to supplying therapeutic goods in Australia. Please note that the information provided to you throughout these podcasts is without prejudice. It is not binding on the TGA and you should get your own independent legal advice to ensure that all of the legislative requirements are met. Hi, I'm Jane Foster from the SMA Assist team at the Therapeutic Goods Administration. Welcome to the fifth episode in our series of podcasts about navigating therapeutic goods regulation in Australia. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit subscribe and listen to our previous episode where we discussed Australian manufacturing licences and good manufacturing practice. Today we're discussing the advertising of therapeutic goods in Australia. We will touch on what you can and cannot do when advertising therapeutic goods, including on social media. We'll talk about the responsibilities sponsors have and where to find relevant information. We'll be talking to Leanne McCauley, who is the Director of our Advertising Section here at TGA. Welcome Leanne, it's great to have you join us today. Thanks Jane, it's great to be here. Leanne, it would be great if we can start by giving everyone a brief overview of therapeutic goods advertising in Australia and what that means. So the, the term therapeutic goods is a term that we use to describe a broad range of health products, including medicines, medical devices, disinfectants, tampons and menstrual cups. They're products that we use sometimes every day and sometimes once in a lifetime to help us stay well or to diagnose, treat or to relieve health conditions. So given therapeutic goods are so closely involved with or connected to our health status, they are subject to special advertising rules. Now, most of the advertising rules the Therapeutic Goods Administration or the TGA administers apply to advertising to consumers. There are only a few rules that apply to advertising to health professionals. So I'm focusing on consumer advertising today. The Therapeutic Goods Advertising Rules are set out in the Therapeutic Goods Act 1989 or the Act. This includes a requirement for advertising to consumers to comply with the Therapeutic Goods Advertising Code. The Act and the Code requirements apply to advertising over and above the consumer protections in place under Australian consumer law. The Act prohibits certain high-risk goods from being advertised to consumers, and for those goods that can be advertised, the advertising must comply with certain requirements in the Act and the Code to ensure it is ethical and supports informed healthcare choices. And what about the code? What's contained in the code? So the code requirements include the need to ensure claims are substantiated by appropriate evidence before they're used in advertising, and that advertisements as a whole are accurate, balanced and not misleading. There are also a range of other requirements specifying what must and must not be included in advertising as well as conditions on including certain things like testimonials and endorsements in advertising. Additionally, to protect the most vulnerable people in our community, the Act requires that advertising claims that refer to serious forms of diseases, conditions, ailments or defects, or what we call prohibited and restricted representations, require prior authorization from the TGA before they can be used in advertising. And what about enforcement? Um, does TGA play a role in enforcing these requirements? 
Yes, the TGA is responsible for enforcing the requirements for advertising therapeutic goods in Australia in order to protect the the health and safety of Australian consumers. The Act provides us with specific sanctions that we can use to address non-compliance and also allows us to pursue criminal or civil court action if needed, but that's generally reserved for the most egregious cases. So any potential advertiser of therapeutic goods needs to be aware of the rules and have the necessary compliance processes in place to safeguard themselves against non-compliance. It pays to know there are rules, where to find them and how to comply with them. So what sorts of things are considered advertising? So it all comes down to the potential impact on consumers. The Act defines the concept of advertise and it's really broad. So essentially any statement, picture or design that would have the effect of promoting the use or supply of therapeutic goods is advertising. It doesn't matter what medium it's presented in. That content could be on radio, television, social media, other internet sites, online games, a text message, a poster in a shop window, a catalogue in your letterbox, and even the label or carton of the goods themselves. Any medium that can be used to reach consumers can potentially be advertising. So why do we need to regulate it? Why is it important that TJ regulates advertising? So therapeutic goods are really very different to other types of consumer goods, like a television or a pair of jeans. Um, For starters, we're only seeking out therapeutic goods when we're worried about our health or the health of our loved ones. And sure, these worries can range in seriousness from concerns that we or our kids aren't getting enough of a certain vitamin or mineral in our diet through to finding something to relieve the symptoms of of, um, a chronic condition or the need to treat and protect a minor cut through to treating a leg ulcer. People can be vulnerable to advertising claims because of their health concerns and they may not be able to critically evaluate whether a particular good is appropriate for them or the people they care for. So the Act and the Code requirements exist to prevent advertising from taking advantage of people and to ensure that advertising provides information that's genuinely helpful to them in considering their health options. Also, it's important to remember that many therapeutic goods operate by having a physiological effect on the human body So the decision to use one is not something that should be taken lightly and advertising must not trivialise this. Again, the requirements exist to prevent such advertising. Sure, that's that's really good to know. And can all therapeutic goods be advertised? No. Under the Act, high-risk goods can't be advertised to consumers. High-risk goods include prescription medicines, biologicals, also known as human cell and tissues, with a well-known example being stem cells and certain types of medical devices. These are all kinds of goods that require the intervention of a doctor or other health professional to establish suitability for use and to monitor for therapeutic benefit and potential side effects. Um, Also, therapeutic goods that are being imported, manufactured or supplied illegally cannot be advertised to consumers. And... These are therapeutic goods that are required to be included in the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods before they're imported, manufactured or supplied, but have not actually been so included. Right. So for our listeners, if they wanted information on the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods or the ARTG, 
um, you could listen to the first episode in our series. But Liam, what about advertising through social media? What would be considered inappropriate advertising there? So for advertisers making social media posts about therapeutic goods, it's really easy to forget that posts are likely to be advertising. And if they are advertising, then they need to comply with all the relevant rules. And that includes the need to ensure that you've put the appropriate mandatory information and statements prescribed by the advertising code into the post. And it's not just the posts that you as an advertiser generate that need to comply. It's also the posts from third parties that tag you or your business or your business's page that you're responsible for. These also need to comply with the code if they're about therapeutic goods and they need to be deleted or untagged if so that they would don't comply. Oh, right. So that would include the comments as well. That's right. Yes. So could you give us an example of some inappropriate advertising on social media? So let's say the sponsor of a new over-the-counter medicine for temporary pain relief launches a, a website and a Facebook page for the new medicine. And after some months, a consumer writes a post to the medicine's Facebook page, declaring that the medicine has been highly effective in easing their anxiety. If that post is left in place, all consumers visiting the page can see the post and it becomes part of the overall advertisement for the medicine. So this would cause numerous breaches of the advertising rules, including advertising an indication that's not on the ARTG entry for the good, the unauthorised use of restricted representations being anxiety and the use of an inappropriate testimonial. So the best thing for the sponsor to do is delete the post as soon as possible to avoid misleading consumers and being found to be non-compliant. Wow, so it's really important that sponsors keep a really close eye on their social media pages then? Absolutely. And how is TGA notified of potential breaches and how do we actually handle and approach these? So the TGA has an online form that consumers and other stakeholders can use to report suspected non-compliant advertising. We also get signals about potential breaches from other sources, including media reports and other areas within the TGA that look at pre-market and post-market stuff. We also do some monitoring of online advertising from time to time. Each report and signal is assessed to determine whether the matter is within our jurisdiction. And if it is, we then conduct a risk assessment that takes into account the risk to the public health, safety and confidence in therapeutic goods regulation, the nature of the breach, the vulnerability of the target market, the compliance history of the advertiser, as well as their size and reach. And also we look at whether the matter aligns with our annual compliance priorities. Yes, yeah, so I imagine you take all of that into consideration, um, investigating a potential breach and you, you wouldn't have capacity to investigate all breaches. Um, are there situations where we can't investigate a breach? Um, yes, there are. Sometimes reporters don't give us enough information to be able to locate the advertisement in question. Um, in those situations, it's highly unlikely that we'll be able to investigate further. Also, if the advertising relates to something that's not actually a therapeutic good, for example, a food or a health service, um, then we can't apply the Act. It's outside of our jurisdiction and we won't be able to investigate. So as a consumer, if I make a complaint about a product and it can't be investigated, what happens then? 
So if that report relates to a matter where we don't have jurisdiction, we will generally refer the report to the appropriate regulator. So that might be the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission or a state health department, for example. In some cases where it is within our jurisdiction, but our risk assessment indicates that the non-compliance does not present a risk to public health or safety, and it doesn't undermine public confidence in how we regulate, we may decide not to investigate it. In these cases, we'll store it in our intelligence database, which is used to determine future annual compliance priorities. And the case may eventually be selected for investigation at a later time, especially if we receive further information about the same advertiser that indicates there may be a more significant compliance issue. Yeah, sure. Well, I think most of us have heard about hashtags. Um, what about these in advertising? So hashtags are commonly used to increase the reach of individual social media posts, including promotional posts. We do consider hashtags to form part of the advertisement and therefore they need to comply with the advertising requirements. There are two aspects to consider in relation to hashtags and social media advertising. Firstly, how the use of hashtags will direct the advertising to certain groups of consumers. And secondly, how the impact of using hashtags as part of the advertisement itself um, will impact on consumer um, takeout messages. So for example, a social media ad for a comp complementary medicine indicating indicated for helping support health blood sugar that contains the hashtag diabetes would pop up in the feed of anyone that followed that hashtag. So someone following the hashtag would infer that the product um, flagged with that hashtag may be of assistance in preventing or treating blood glucose issues associated with diabetes. So this would present a range of issues in relation to the advertising rules including the use of an unapproved res restricted representation in the form of diabetes. There's also the potential for consumers to infer claims from hashtags, including hashtag stacking. For example, an antioxidant complementary medicine that's promoted with the hashtags cancer, disease, prevention, amongst others, um, would be a breach of the code. While the body of the post does not refer to cancer and disease prevention, the hashtags are likely to catch the viewer's eye and they will infer that the medicine can be used for preventing cancer and other serious diseases. So do you have any tips, Leanne, on what people should look for when, or look out for when it comes to advertising? So the TGA advises consumers in terms of assessing advertising and well, considering advertising, that if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. We also recommend that people look for an ARTG number or an OSTEL or OSTAR or OSTLA number on therapeutic goods before they purchase them. This provides a level of assurance that the products are listed in the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods. We also recommend that consumers don't take advice from social media influencers about what supplements or medicines to take. Um, it's really up to your health professional or health practitioner to be informing your um, decisions about what medicines to take. We also recommend that you're wary of claims relating to serious diseases and conditions and again to talk to a health professional if you have any serious 
health concerns. Thanks, Leanne. And what about if I'm a sponsor, I'd like to advertise my therapeutic good. Um, where should I start in order to find what I can and can't advertise? So firstly, you should be familiarising yourself with the advertising rules, which are set out in the Act and the Advertising Code. From here, the key hurdles that you'll need to clear are making sure that you can lawfully advertise the good, i.e. the advertising of that particular good is not prohibited. You'll need to assess the evidence that you hold about that good and what sort of claims it will support in advertising. And then you'll need to establish whether those claims include any prohibited or restricted representations that will need an exemption from the TGA. So from there, it's all about constructing your advertising to ensure compliance with the other requirements of the Act and the Code. So for example, making sure the advertising does not conflict with the ARTG entry for the goods and avoiding the temptation to embellish advertising. It's vital that claims about the good are commensurate with the type and strength of your supporting evidence, noting that miraculous, sure cure, and those sorts of claims are prohibited, even if you have evidence that might substantiate them. We have published a, a checklist on the TGA website to help advertisers ensure their ads comply with the advertising rules, although it's not a substitute for the legislation itself. Yeah, we probably should point out that on the TGA website, there's a dedicated advertising hub where I think you can find that checklist and it's got lots of really good information for both consumers and sponsors. Um, so what about a good news story, Leanne? I'm sure there's plenty, but can you tell us of a time when you've been able to help an advertiser perhaps rectify a potential breach? So my section at the TGA is responsible for educating advertisers about the advertising rules and we've assisted many advertisers over the years. One memorable example that I have comes from some advertising that we observed for a particular type of diagnostic device. The device was being promoted as being able to detect 25% more cases of a particular condition than the leading competitor. The advertiser's evidence indicated that the claim was technically correct, but the problem was the advertising failed to indicate that the incidence of this condition in the community was so low and consumers would not be knowledgeable about that incidence. Um, so the claim was actually misleading about the clinical significance of the device and what it was able to achieve and diagnose. So we were able to convey this to the advertiser and they were able to take steps to um, rectify the misleading claims and clarify exactly what the device was capable of doing. Yeah, excellent. I'm sure some of these breaches are really unintentional. Um, it's just about education and helping the sponsors to understand the requirement. Absolutely. Um, well, thanks, Leanne. Before we let you off the hook, in addition to the Advertising Hub on the TGA website, um, where else can people find out more about advertising therapeutic goods in Australia? Oh, so the, the Advertising Hub is a bit of a one-stop shop. <laughs> um, as we mentioned, there's a checklist and there's decision trees to help you work out whether you can advertise a particular therapeutic good there's another decision tree that helps you identify what information you must include in an advertisement. Um, and there's also, through the hub, you'll have access to an online inquiry form that um, you can use to lodge questions about the application of the Act and the Code. And, you know, either myself or one of my experienced team can respond to you. 
However, some advertisers might decide that they need more support or a detailed audit, if you like, of their advertising in order to establish compliance. In these cases, we do recommend that advertisers seek assistance from either a regulatory affairs professional or seek specific legal advice on the matter. Yeah, of course. Leanne, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. We've seen so much in the media lately, particularly around COVID-19. So I'm sure that this information will help people better understand how and why we regulate therapeutic goods advertising in Australia. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe in the Podbean app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out our website at www.tga.gov.au for more information on the regulation of therapeutic goods in Australia.